Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latroy. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Each and every week we come to you through the courtesy of our friends at Evergreen Podcast Productions. Look for them online. Lifestyle programming at its best. It's Evergreen, and we look forward to uh, talking to you every week. In studio is uh, PJ Duran. He makes his return to the program this week. Welcome back, PJ. Thank you very much. We missed you, brother. I got to tell you. you and have... I miss being here. Well, and and then 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 there's Tony Wink, of course, to my left, one of the uh, mainstays of the program, one of the original founders of the show. Tony, how are you? I'm a OG, as they call me. You are an OG, OG. and it's and it's almost like fireworks season. I know oh, you've been oh, busy. It means old guy. Yeah, uh, very busy. We've got our locations ramping up. We oh, open, wait, whoa, 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 open whoa, whoa. You said locations. How many locations do you have? I got three locations this year. We really? Have, yep. We are um, two in my in in Wintershut and then another one up here closer to Des Moines. So, so that's in Iowa, of course. But if you'd like more information about PJ or Hicklin Power Sports, we invite you to go to hicklinpowersports.com. Uh, on the program, Tony, you want to list out our guest from the bottom up, please. From the bottom up, we're going to talk to Bryce Prince, who's Obviously, uh, Superstock, uh, 2016 Superstock 600. Um, he, this guy has uh, been on the show many times. Very Tuned racing, right? Tuned racing guy? Tuned racing. Yeah. Tuned Industries, Yamaha, the uh, R6. And then we're going to talk to the fastest mortgage banker in the world, <laughs> Jeff May. <laughs> Uh, the world. That's right. He corrected me last time when I said in the U.S. He said in the world, bud. <laughs> uh, Colton Haker is going to be on, who is the uh, just took his third world championship title of uh, of his career in the World Super Enduro. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. We haven't had Haker on in a little bit of a, a while. And then uh, the journeyman Johnny Lewis, who is a longtime flat track guy and, and uh, kind of uh, just really – um, made his way. He's, he continues to to race and be involved in the sport in the AFT. And uh, we're going to talk to him. And then, of course, uh, Bobby Fong, who's currently in second place in the Moto America. Well, before we, yeah, before we get to Bobby Fong, and uh, Jack, I would invite you to just turn our headphones up just a tiny bit if you would. Uh, let's go to PJ Duran with uh, our hot takes, brought to you in part by Hicklin Power Sports, HicklinPowerSports.com. PJ? Well, we had World Superbike Racing in Jerez, Spain this previous weekend. Race one found Batista on the Ducati continuing to dominate with Vandermark in second and reigning champion Jonathan Ray in third. Race two saw Vandermark take the top spot, Ray take second place, and the young Razgat Lioglu take third <laughs> with uh, Batista crashing. Say, say, it, say it again. Oh, uh, Razgat Lioglu okay. is his name. Um, yes, and I, I nailed that. That is actually the right way to say his name. Sounds like an expensive cooler brand. I, yeah, there's there's a, a country over there. The Glues. They call any of the racers that come from there the Glues. I want to say it might be Turkey. 
I need to get his point of origin. My apologies if that isn't Turkish, but I think it is. Is racing big in Turkey? There's definitely been some racers out of Turkey, yeah. Is that right? I had no idea. Tony, did you know that the Middle Eastern countries of Turkey and Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, Iran, uh, are big fans of uh, motorcycle racing? Yes, a lot of oil money there, and they, they, uh, they definitely, definitely build racetracks. There's actually a lot of motocrossers that come over here, and a uh, guy I know, Dennis Stapleton, who also works for Wiseco, Piston, uh, is with me. Uh, we I see him at a lot of events. He actually trains a lot of those kids is that right? to come over, and uh, I uh, he'll say he's a glorified babysitter, but um, the kids, the parents come over, and they, they, they got money, and they spend it to uh, – Train their kids to race motocross. Nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, we'll take cool. it as a worldwide sport and worldwide concern, as it should be. That's one of the great things about motorcycle racing in all disciplines. We welcome everybody as we should. It's uh, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Jack and Leanne DeLeon producing our program. Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson is in the uh, uh, in the sick bay, as it were, and we wish him the best in his recovery, and we look forward to his return in the coming weeks. Tony, next guest, first guest. Well, I, I referred to Johnny Lewis as a journeyman, but maybe I should have referred to Bobby Fong as a journeyman because he's raced. He's logged uh, close to like 40 AMA Pro and, and, and Moto America podium finishes across five classes, and that's pretty impressive. He currently sits second place in the Moto America Supersport. He joins us now, Bobby Fong. Hi, Bobby. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Bobby Fong. We love you. What's up, boys? Well, there's a brand new Fong's Pizza open up in the Drake area. Jeez. We mention that every time you're on. Bobby. No, I, no, this is a new location. <laughs> yes, and Bobby probably hasn't had the advantage of getting any of their delicious pie yet. Bobby, I was at Road America. Congrats on race two, your big win. You were at the top of the podium or near it in both those races. Uh, nice work. Uh, you are, you're killing it. Are you ready to take over this title hunt or what? Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm not gonna lie. After after VIR and crashing both races, and the one in the wet, and then the unfortunate race one, I definitely need to bounce back and get at least uh, closer in the championship. Hell, the points have been so up and down in the Supersport class. I mean, I feel like uh, you know, one second somebody's leading the championship, the next they're fifth. You know, so it's definitely been an up and down, <laughs> up and down points chase uh, in the beginning of the year. But I'm um, looking forward to Miller this weekend and. I think we're going to do good. Um, it might suit the Yamahas just a little bit better, but uh, I'm excited to uh, face the challenge. Bobby, you're having, a, again, a great season. Um, you are, as Scott alluded to, you're, you are a bit of a journeyman in, the, in American road racing. Um, you've done a bit of everything. Uh, are, you, are you real satisfied and and? Clearly, you're you're gelling with your bike and your team. X Star M4 team is is one of the best out there. Are, are you dying to get on a different bike? Or are you pretty well pleased with where you're at in this point in your career? Honestly, I'm pretty well pleased. I'm not going to lie. I uh, this is one of the better teams I've been on in my whole career, and we're winning. You know, I can't complain. You know, I can't really complain. And uh, the next step is to win the championship and just. We're taking a race weekend, uh, each weekend at a time, and you know anything can happen. You know, we got. It seems like every single race weekend we go to is uh, is raining, so the, the chances, obviously, of throwing it down the road and a lot of a lot of things happen in the wet, as we all know. And we're just trying to uh, keep it upright, get some points, and try not to get too cocky because obviously there's 
it's plenty of competition out there with my teammate and uh, and plenty of other R6s out there to uh, do battle with. So um, we're just, you know, we're training harder than ever. It's a standard thing that racers do. Well, most racers. Um, so, uh, main thing is just, uh, I, I, most racers. So well, the main thing, uh, is just to keep a, a level head for, for myself. How's that's, your, that, that's the biggest thing. How's the equipment you're on? I mean, obviously it's, it's working. You're, is there, you guys still test at all? I mean, is there, is there any kind of tweaks or, or, uh, you pretty well set and it's just going racing now? Man, it's crazy. The bike, I mean, Suzuki made a good bike 10 years ago. You know, and it's never changed. So it's it's definitely a it's a great bike. I, I can't complain, and it's plenty fast. And the, the thing handles like a dream. I'm not going to lie, and I'm not just saying that just because I'm on the team. But uh, the thing is amazing, and obviously, I have I have a solid crew behind me who's been there for thirty years plus, and uh, you know they've been they won plenty of championships. So basically, we go on the race. We don't test. Um, we go to this race weekend. We most likely have a we have a baseline for almost every single track we go to just from all the other riders, all the riders that has ridden this bike. And since the bike hasn't changed, we got plenty of data, even though my riding style is a little bit different. We kind of, we play around at riding, you know, with the bike set up from Martin Cardenas to Danny Eslick to Valentine DeBees to Dane Westby to you know, all the, the, the top runners out there who's won on this bike. So we kind of have a mixture of settings in my bike. And so we don't, we don't really need a guess too much. How can no. you get away with running I mean, a bike? Some tracks. Go ahead, Bobby. How do you get away with running a bike that that's th- that old and and be like competitive. yeah competitive and and winning and I mean it just it to me it just it seems very odd that uh, that it would it you can be competitive on a bike that's a decade old. What well, doesn't it fly in the face of what? the manufacturers would like to believe or us to believe anyway, that we have to buy the most recent, the newest, uh, to be the fastest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, definitely Suzuki has a good bike, but I mean, if you're following the races, I mean, we, we definitely lack in some areas that the Yamaha is just, just a little bit, uh, has just a little bit of advantage, you know, like, uh, the, the flowing tracks, the fast change in direction, the Yamaha is really agile. It's really well known. It's, a flowing motorcycle. The, the Suzuki is a little bit heavier, and uh, you know, especially in the rain races, and just like going, this is a standard thing of just going into the corner a little bit harder. We got to use our clutch. We don't have uh, electronics for engine braking. Everything is just really mechanical on the thing. Um, so, and it's all just a twist of the wrist. You know, even in the wet, you know, everything's everything's more, a lot more rider input. The Yamahas, you know, they have that auto blip so they could go a little bit deeper in the corners without using the clutch they got uh tracks control they don't need willy control it's a dang 600 but you know they have all that uh, advantage that they could use but i mean like i said suzuki's built such a great bike years ago there's not much uh we can do on our end on electronic side but um bike setup wise i mean we're pretty mint yeah, and to be clear, it is the latest and greatest offering from Suzuki. They just haven't made a, a significant update to what he's alluding to. So it's clearly working for you and your teammate. You both managed to just nip uh, the other uh, class hot rod or one of the class hot rods in Hayden Gillum uh, at the line at Road America, which we know is, I mean, that was what a race. You guys were literally at it to the last corner. Um 
was it was similar in the first race? I didn't get as close a view of that one. Uh, in the in the first race, it was you know the conditions at starting of the race. It was a little bit. The conditions weren't that great because it just rained a whole bunch a few hours prior to our race, so the track wasn't that great. And we chose a little harder tire than um, than everybody out there. We we're the only one on the harder tire. And it took us a little bit to get going. Uh, I felt like Caden pulled a little bit of gap in the beginning of the race, and then and then started to uh, and then I started working my way up to him up to the front. But uh, teammate uh, try to try to win the race that one and went for a good pass and passed me and Hayden on the last lap. And um, it, it was just more of a gamble, you know, uh, with such a big straightaways there. It's more of a gamble on the last lap on who's going to do what. So um, we ended up second in that one, which I can't complain and. We got some points, but uh, this, the the second race we chose a different tire, and I knew I had pace, and I knew I wasn't going to get away just because that track just you can never really pull away, especially with the draft on that track. If you could, if you could just get a little bit of the slipstream, nobody's really going to pull away if you're decent in the infield. So I knew uh, I had a little bit of pace at the end, and we we try to save as much uh, much of my energy and tire until the end of the race, and so then I uh, drop the hammer down. So. Um, you know, I can't wait for Miller. It's going to be a different story there with, you know, not that big of straightaways and all the flowy corners, which the Yamaha's kind of excel on. It, it seems like, but, um, like I said, I'm ready for the challenge and I'm ready to get out there. I'm definitely stoked. I wasn't too, I wasn't a hundred percent fit going into, um, road America too. Cause I went motocrossing the Saturday before and just jarred my back and like compressed my back pretty good on this like double, double that I was doing. And, so I wasn't completely fit and uh, definitely was pretty fatigued with my back most of the weekend. But um, 100%, back to 100% now and looking forward to a strong two-day event. Red racers don't motocross. You don't... Uh... Not generally not well. It always ends up with a story like Bobby just told. Well, I was out practicing yeah. and then broken. Yeah. What do you... The littlest things. I mean, you could just stub your... You, Stick your foot out in a wrong rut, and your next thing you know, you got a broken ankle or a broken kneecap. It's it's just ridiculous. I do that uh, announcing races. Man, I love, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, but I love motocross, and I'm not that great at it. But I love the training aspect of it. Not mainly just like physical, just like the mental side of it. You know. Mm-hmm. So it, um, I mean, I try to I try to do that, you know, a few times during the week just to just to stay mentally sharp. And how is uh, you mentioned or alluded to your uh, youngest teammate Sean Dylan Kelly? Isn't he's pretty much right on the minimum age requirement for Moto America? How's how is it having such a young guy around? It's good, man. Honestly, I feel old. I feel old, and uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's good to have a young teammate. He's uh, he's a lot brighter. You know, he he doesn't act his age. You know, he's, he acts um, a lot older than what he is, and obviously, you can tell his riding is is on point and. It's good to have a fast teammate. Right. I don't want him so close to me, but at the end of the day, it's uh, it's actually helping me uh, step up my game a little bit too. You know, how old so are you now, Bobby? I want twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. Yeah, that's so. that's hugely old. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, it's ten ten years more than uh, Mister Sean Dillon Kelly, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that's but, a uh, big number. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And uh, he uh, it, at the at the same point, you know, he definitely has almost as much experience as I do. I right. mean, he grew up in GP. He grew up in the GP era, you know what I mean? He, he grew up racing Moto3 and lived in a Moto3 camp in Europe, and so he has plenty of experience for being so young, and obviously you can tell his riding phenomenal out there. It's 
to have a fast teammate because it's definitely making me step up my game because that's the last person I'll, I'll want to try to get beat by. We're talking with Bobby Fong. Of course, you know him as a, a great super sport racer, but more than anything, a student of the sport. This interview brought to you in part by our friends at Factory Outlet Fireworks. Look for him. Three exciting locations as we get close to July 4th. Want to lay in your firework orders now. Uh, the great prices are out there. All you got to do is, and, and mention Pit Pass when you go, if you would, please. Uh, let's go back to PJ. PJ, this is a guy that literally... And we predict this, you know, predict this all along the way. He's going to be a top five guy for a long time. And at 27 years old, he's still got a window. Yep. And Bobby, you are, you're on the path, man. Uh, it's so good to see you uh, in the Moto America paddock again. I know historically it hasn't been the easiest paddock for anybody. Um, there's only a couple of cherry premium rides and kudos to you for sticking around uh keeping your hat in the ring thank and you, thank you and taking taking the rides that matter and, and making the most of them like you're doing right now no thanks boys i appreciate the i appreciate the kudos and you know like i said i'm, I'm always gonna try 100 until i uh until i'm not doing that great anymore and then it's time to get a day job and figure out what, the, what am i gonna do next but, what, what uh, would you do in a day like job to... what i mean work at menards or what would you do um well we don't have a Menards here in NorCal, but yes, probably Menards. <laughs> Home Depot. <laughs> probably, probably Menards or Home Depot. Tony, for a while, <laughs> Tony, would you walk up to him in the plumbing department and say, hey, I need this? <laughs> I don't like Menards. You could go work at, work at Ralph's in the produce or something. I mean, you got. <laughs> no, where, where, did, where, did, uh, where did Ricky Bobby work after he didn't race anymore with the Domino? <laughs> Domino. Was the Domino? Yeah. Was a pizza delivery guy. Pizza delivery guy yeah, on the BMX bike. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, yeah, that, that might be me. <laughs> I'm yeah, whatever, but buddy, I'd hire you in a heartbeat. I got to tell you that. And the industry, Thanks, the industry is not ready to uh, let you go anytime soon. But it's always fun. And it's fun to look ahead. Um, up against clock, uh, sponsor roll. Who you got? Uh, M4, M4 Suzuki, SR Suzuki, and uh, John Ulrich, Chris Ulrich, obviously, and sure. um, just everybody who supported Arise everybody who's been supporting me over the years to uh to make this happen and i'm going to try to do my best and try to get this champion my first championship and uh no nah, hopefully uh, i have some more years to come of racing but uh i'm treating it every day like my last for sure this is almost like we're doing a tribute show <laughs> i'm sorry bobby i didn't want it to go that way but um you're how, good you're good how important are john and chris Ulrich to our sport Honestly, they're so important to the sport, especially with the air funds and the auction fund they have going on, the two-up rides. Yeah. And I tell you, man, you definitely don't want John or Chris Orange to be on your bad side. They, they <laughs> no. are two people you do not want to get in an argument with, ever. They're I, my two favorite interviews, i got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I first-hand witness one of John's enemies, and that's the last person I felt uncomfortable. So, yeah, John Orange is an intimidating man, but he's also a smart man, and uh, they do a lot for our sport. Well, in that case, you know, and we're going to take your you at your word because we haven't agree. Bobby Fong has been our guest. Bobby, it's always good to talk to you, brother. Thanks for jumping on first in the uh, in the program, but it's uh, it's always interesting to hear your takes. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate it, boys. Thanks for having me, and uh, looking forward to hearing from you guys soon. Bobby Fong on the program. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the uh, Evergreen Podcast Production System. Look for Evergreen online, evergreenpodcast.com. You can also hear us on the iHeartMedia app, free around the world. 
and it is the largest app. Uh, by the way, we were one of the very first that they had, and we're proud of that. We're also proud to be one of the top two uh, programs on the Evergreen production or evergreenpodcast.com system. So I look for a diverse and uh, dynamically curated blend of creative programs, including this show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Jack, it's all you. Hey, this is Ryan Dungey, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple to ride electric start TW200 to the nimble lightweight XT250 to the racing to ride performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Daly on family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Daly Ons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the Daly Ons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Daly on Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, it's Ron Sipes. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Well, Road America is over, and uh, PJ, I know you went to Road America this year, right? Did you have a good Absolutely time? Absolutely had a blast. Weather was pretty decent, only hailed on us twice on Saturday. Only twice. Only twice did we get hailed <laughs> upon on Saturday, but the weather Friday and the weather Sunday were pretty spectacular and for our riding on monday the weather was perfect now i'm not clear where this happened but did you see the motorcycle rider who was struck by lightning and ended up dying due to injuries did you see i that? was unaware that that had happened i would be surprised if that happened at road when, america it, it, it did you, not it didn't happen at road america I'm then just i saying. did not hear about that I'm, it's it's a street bike rider and um 
you could see where the lightning entered through his helmet. And uh, it, it wasn't a Bell helmet or any particular brand. That's not important. The, just the fact that, you know, you've got to be aware of your surroundings. If you're in bad weather, please, please pull over and be safe. Arrive and thrive. Okay. Let's go to Tony Wink. Tony, our next guest is waiting in the wings. Yeah, it's a guy we've had on many times, JL10, and he's, uh, I always enjoy talking to Johnny Lewis. The, I called you a journeyman in fly track. Journeyman. Would that be <laughs> appropriate? Yeah, uh, you could be. I mean, I've been, uh, better than I'm a jerk. Up to something, I think. It's better than I calling think, you a jerk, right? Why would yeah, you call him a jerk? I think you, I think you said that before, though. <laughs> not on the air, though. <laughs> yeah, not, not in public. Hey, man, how you been? Uh, not too bad, man. It, we did. Uh, I was on an eight, about an eight week go there for a little while. Now finally back to Florida. We uh, kind of just doing a little of everything, you know. Obviously, my school's doing good. You know, teaching people the the world of flat track and and sliding around. But also, um, I also did some consulting there for for American Flat Track. Since uh, did Daytona, did uh, work with them for that track, uh, Texas, and then even that that Super TT out in Arizona. And then right after that, I jumped on a plane and went three weeks over in Europe and did schools and then got back and oh, wow. did Springfield, but that got rained out and then went right from Springfield to Kentucky and, uh, race Kentucky. So I actually raced for the first time last, uh, last race. And then, uh, I got back down to Florida. So nonstop. The, the super TT looked really, really cool. <laughs> well, when I showed up, I, I basically looked at the guys and I'm like, uh, yeah, you guys are screwed. You know, <laughs> it, it, it was like, you know, it was like the trucks just ran. I mean, it was it was ruts. I mean, it was ripped up. It was two foot deep, and you know, we're we're flat draggers. We're they, they want the smoothest thing possible, and they complain if there's a little bit of dust. Well, I'm like, <laughs> uh, good thing I got here on Tuesday because uh, we need every bit of four or five days to get this done, and we were able to get it. You know, relatively, I thought good. I had to leave. I couldn't stay there for the race, but I got everything. You know, to you know, reshape the jumps. Uh, you know, to trying to get the thing as smooth as possible and down to, you know, it's Arizona, it's dry weather. So trying to figure out the dirt, water mixture, you know, the process there in a couple of days, it's, uh, it was a tough challenge, but I mean, uh, the crew of everybody we worked with, um, it was, it was a blast and, you know, I got to test the ride the track and, you know, yep, yep we're, let's ch- cut this jump down a little bit or, Hey, that's not safe. Let's try to do this. So it was, it's been, uh, you know, something I've been doing with AFT now, a couple races, and uh, trying to just, you know, the safety factor and, you know, also making, trying to make it as good as racetracks as we can with what we're dealt with. So, so when, you, when you're in that situation, I mean, it's, I got to imagine it's, it's road grader, water, sheep's foot, water, sheep's foot, maybe a little bit more road grader, water, sheep's foot. I mean, it's, it's basic yeah, fly track um, prep, isn't it? Or, or am I wrong? Yeah, no, you're, you're right most of the time. Uh, you know, you're right. I am right most of the time. Just nobody gives me credit for it <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you know, Daytona it was it was a flip. You know, flip a coin. We got there after the Supercross, and you know, they planned. We we actually built the track, um, but you know, prior to Supercross, and they they put it underneath, and you know, they worked with the Supercross guys. Hey, we're going to build here. You know, you can you build your track over. You do this. Well, here they actually planted palm trees right in the middle of turn one. Oh no. Uh, for the track so when we got there i mean there was just this massive hole you know right in the middle of turn one you know the coming off the banking you know so and then we had to bring new clay in and redo it and you know timeline there was pretty short and then texas you know we dealt with it was it was like seven inches of rain you know for the flash the 
the four days leading up to to when I got there, you know, so this was like working with Play-Doh. You know, I couldn't bring the grater on, couldn't bring the water truck on. It would sink, you know, it was, it was a, it, that was a, an issue. And then getting to Arizona, you know, we're in the middle of the desert, hard as a rock. You know, they ripped it, but then it's just crumbling. There's asphalt chunks, you know, in the dirt just because, you know, the trucks, the, the trucks that run there, they don't care what the surface is. You know, we're, we're, we, you know, like I said, they complain if there's a, there's a rock on there. So, yeah, the process is, you know, ever changing from track to track to track. But, you know, obviously that track, it was just kind of building as solid as a base as we could get as hard and smooth. And, um, you know, the guy in the grader was pretty good. And then, you know, we had to actually shape down a lot of the jumps. Uh, you know, they're pretty big for the, you know, the, the trophy truck kind of deals. So we had to reshape all that. So it was D6 dozers and everything. So I and- got my, uh, my dirt work experience. Yeah, and you're good at it, and and I'm sure all the racers appreciate knowing there's a, a legitimate racer uh, that's, you know, that involved in the process. How many more races are you personally running? You think this year? Uh, I don't know yet. Um, not really sure. There, there's, uh, I might, I might be working with uh, this one kid that should be pretty damn fast. Uh, come Lima, he's gonna make his uh, debut there. So I might be, might be working with a kid that I've been working with for a while. And uh, might do that, and then I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've really, really taken on this the, the role of, uh, you know, obviously my school, but I've been working really hard on some amateur stuff, trying to to progress the amateur side of racing, and then obviously my relationship with AFT on the technical, you know, the the race, you know, the racetrack side of things. They, they keep asking about a couple other events, so my time is actually getting limited, I guess. So I'm just uh, uh, picking and choosing. I'd like to do this. You know, now that Springfield got rained out this spring, they have a doubleheader in the fall. I mean, that's really my my favorite racetrack of all time is Springfield. So um, I know for sure that's that's two races that I, you know, because it's going to be a doubleheader. It's, that's two that I want to do for sure. So it might only be those two. And who is this uh, hot rod kid? Is he just aging into the class, hitting a birthday or yeah, something that's going to yeah, let him yeah. go pro? Yeah, it's uh, Dallas Daniels. Um, he's a... Uh, He's raced the Moto America stuff, podiums, I think, all but one round this year so far. Um, you know, but also as a dirt track kid that I've worked with forever. And he races for Tim Esseson on the Esseson Yamaha program. What already. a program. Uh, yeah, his dad is actually Ryan Wells' mechanic. Um, so he's kind of embedded in the team. And, you know, the kid actually, <laughs> I actually raced Springfield TT. Uh, just kind of a hot shoe race, you know, a pro-am, pro-am class. So there's pros and amateurs and, um, but, um, you know, they let 15-year-old kids race race the Pro-Am class. Well, sure enough, I joked. I'm like, man, if this little kid, you know, he's not little anymore. He's got his little mustache going, and, you know, he's he's on top of the world right now so fast. And, man, if he beats me, I'm going to have to retire. And, you know, he always jokes, you know, calls me 30-plus. And I'm not 30 yet. He's like, plus 30-plus. And I'm like, that's right. If you beat me, you can call me 30-plus, you know, as long as you want. And uh, sure enough, the kid freaking rips the whole. I'm me and me and uh, JD Beach are like fighting for the end to start, kind of bumping elbows, and all of a sudden this flash of blue just flies across both of us, and he takes the lead and leads the damn thing for a little bit over you know JD, and I ended up actually fourth. Um, so you know, my little protege that I've been working with forever actually beat me. So it's uh, it's, it's rewarding. You know, it's like it's one of those things. I always I always joke, man. The day when one of my students beat me, it's it's not it's not a uh, it, it was 
you know, one of those most rewarding things I've actually that's why you're, had in a while. That's why you train and coach riders. I mean, it, it has to be. If not, why would you bother? You'd have to be bored to death and not if you, you didn't get satisfaction out of those kids getting to that point, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's you know, I love it. You know, they they always chase me, um, you know, because well, even in this Kentucky, last, last freaking at Kentucky, you know, I haven't raced a mile in a year and a half. I jump out and, you know, first qualifying session, I'm fourth. And, uh, you know, against all, you know, Jared Mees and Briar Bauman and all those guys that do it nonstop on factory equipment, you know, I, I can get out there and I can go good. So it's not like, you know, he beat me and it's, you know, I'm not, not going good. It's like, Hey, you know, I still, I still have it. Still the fire is just, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm really, you know, really love that, you know, we talked about it before, just, just kind of spreading it and just getting more talent out there and, you know, that's kind of what I do with my school. And, you know, like I said, I've been working on a bunch of amateur stuff. Hopefully uh, I can dump something here soon with some amateur stuff that I'm that I'm working on. So, you know, race series-wise. So uh, just, you know, always got my hand, hand in the fire. But, you know, it's always always trying to build a bigger picture. Johnny Lewis is our guest, JL10. Um, flat track extraordinaire. Before the season started, there was a lot of buzz about an old man that was going to go racing. You know who I'm talking about, Jeff Ward. Um, what happened yeah. to Jeff? I didn't. I didn't see much after. Uh, you know, there was a buzz about it when he started, and I was. We were really excited. Daytona, right? I mean, it was when it was being discussed. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, you know, he he did Daytona. I mean, man, and he, uh, you know, he 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 got in early. We went and tested. Um, you know, that at that time, that was the first time he ever rode a clay track. You know, like he never rode clay before, and I'm like, you gotta get there because it's clay, like. It's a little different than pea gravel, and you know we've been riding at the Blackmore Ranch out in California. It's all good, but I'm like, you got to get the clay experience. So he came and, and he, you know, first couple of sessions, he's like, holy crap! I see what you're talking about. Like he's just sliding right off the track. He doesn't, you know, the whole process is different. So we ran him through that, and then we got him there to race day, and he ended up going out and get second in his heat race. And then, uh, you know, the, the flat track stuff's so tough. You know, it's you know that the semifinal, you kind of it's elimination kind of round and. He just got he got off the line and bumped in the back of somebody and the uh, front brake kind of locked up and he almost went up over the bars and he went he was last and you know, all these guys are fast so you can't you can't really come from last to first you know or last to even a transfer spot um, you know without other guys making a mistake and he just you know that was tough and he he was like man I, that one mistake and I was like man I, I told you we should put handguards on I told you and you said no. <laughs> You know, I was just joking. I'm like, but, you know, you're the guy with all the experience. You know, I was just joking with him. Um, <laughs> Given the Wardy uh, line. Give, yeah, give him some shit. But, you know, it was it's a cool, you know, just getting him to Daytona, get him that process. He did race Arizona as well. I uh, wasn't able to obviously be there, but he brought his own bike out from West Coast. And we both like, basically had, I had an East Coast bike, he had a West Coast bike, and put the program together. And, um, uh, you know, asked him about doing uh, Springfield. And I think just timing right now, he's been doing a lot of bicycle stuff and uh, things out there. But I know he'll he'll most likely 100% do Sturgis because um, he has a really big connection there with it out in Sturgis. Obviously, if you follow his Instagram and Nicky Diamonds and and uh, Doug Henry's, this guy's been building the tracks out there. And yeah, what's the deal with that? that? There's a that's not too far from us, and I see a bunch of motocross stuff that they're they're working on or something. But I've yeah, they built they built right there, uh, kind of right around the Buffalo Chip area. You know, there was uh, they built a motocross track. I mean, uh, the, the one day it's snowing, 
and then the next day they had a motocross track built, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, they just kind of, they, they're really trying to push, you know, the, the growth of, of that, you know, obviously up in that area um, a little bit more, and I think it's great, you know, especially their affiliation with, um, you know, the, the Buffalo Chip crew, um, the guys that promote, you know, the races and all the stuff in Sturgis, it's, um, you know, they're pushing hard, they're, they're running little schools, and, and it's neat, so he's been doing a lot with that, um, you know, it's been cool, though, it's, it's him, Mickey Diamond, and Doug Henry, and, and uh, you know, all three of those guys are, uh, you know, heroes of mine, friends of mine, you know, like, I, you know, it's pretty cool, uh, you know, just those group of guys, you know, totally different eras of racing for me, but they're still out there doing it, and we're talking about schools and, and everything we're doing, and it, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. It's awesome. And it's it's neat. I mean, we, we experienced that here on the show. We've been talking to guys like you and, and Jeff Ward and Mickey and all them guys for 100 years, it feels like. And it's it's just really surreal to be, you know, the guys that you had posters of when you were a kid, you're hanging out with and riding with. And, and I, I get that opportunity more often than not. It's it's pretty cool. And I don't yeah. you don't think about it when you're with them, but every once, you know, like John, Damon Bradshaw comes to my place and hangs out and rides, and it's pretty cool. It's so it's like yeah, you brought him to the shop, and it's it's cool. It is cool. It's, it's just freaking Damon Bradshaw, right? Right, right. It's yeah, just neat. It's like you know, even at Daytona, it's uh, you know, I'm sitting there in my pit area. I'm like, man, this is kind of my team I put together. And then I got you know Jeff Ward riding my bike, <laughs> and then I got Doug Henry hanging out. You know, right. uh, you know, uh, I've been really good friends with Doug. I, I was actually there when he got hurt, like first person to him. So I have, we have this, you know, connection and, uh, you know, I'm like, my wife looked at me, she's like, look at them. Like there's, there's Jeff Ward and there's Doug Henry. In know, right? area. You know, it's like, <laughs> and then I had, I had Dalton Duthier, the kid that, you know, has been on a, you know, back to flat track and, and kind of helped rebirth him. Uh, you know, gave him a bike for Daytona and he goes out and gets second. I'm like, this is pretty damn cool. Like, you know, I could have raced, and I might have got a third, or I might have got a fourth, or, hey, my luck, I probably would have broke the thing in half. I've done that <laughs> multiple times. But I'm like, man, this is this is pretty cool. I could see why guys like Jeff and I see why, you know, Doug and Mickey are still into this sport for so long. I mean, it's, you, you know, it and guys like you, I mean, it's... it's in your blood. It's, it's well, it, and it's just the, the connections, you know, like, you know, something I just posted on, on uh, you know, social media before even we started chatting is, uh, you know, it life's about the, you know, the people you meet and, you know, creating with those people. And, that's right. you know, it's just, uh, it, and that's what I'm coming to right now. And my, my point is, uh, my career is like, I have all these really wonderful people and connections and relationships. And it's like, Hey, I can actually create something that I, that I, I feel I can in, in better something. Shared and, memories. Uh, yeah. And it's, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, more excited about it than racing in a long time it's it's pretty cool johnny it's always good to have you on the program thank you so much for your time we appreciate it started racing professionally at a young age 16 years old you're still eating mac and cheese if i recall and uh <laughs> but you made it look good and you make it look good even today i appreciate the time no i appreciate it. it's always a pleasure having you being on Johnny Lewis on the program on Pit Pass. Hey, JGRMX uh, Yoshimura Suzuki Factory Racing's Weston Pike is still around. 
still trying to recover from a bad crash at Paris Supercross this last fall. After getting landed on by another rider, the impact left him with some serious injuries. We continue to pray for his recovery. Although most of his complications from the crash have been fixed by the uh, different surgeries he's had, he still has some vision issues in one eye and has been unable to raise or even practice seriously since the injuries. Uh, you can find a great interview with him on uh, racerxill.com. Look for it. Tell, tell him we sent you RacerX online. By the way, if you subscribe right now, you can get uh, a subscription for as low as 15 bucks a year. Now, I think that's a pretty good deal no matter what. But when you can you know, tune into somebody like Weston Pike and find out what's really going on, uh, firsthand, I think it's well worth it for sure. All right, you're listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show as we continue all disciplines, all the time. It is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Ricky Carmichael, the principal of the Ricky Carmichael University, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 1460 kxno the yamaha yzf r3 sport bike at hicklin power sports and grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of yamaha r series superbike performance it features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. 
Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. What's up, guys? Trey Kennard here. Then I ride the 455. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Thank you very much, Trey Kennard. I do want to uh, congratulate my friends Dan and Eugene Levy. They are the producers and the star of the hit show. You can watch it on uh, Netflix, by the way. It's called Shit's Creek. It is one of the funniest programs I've ever seen, gentle around the edges, but you know what? It has a point to every episode. Look for Schitt's Creek online on uh, on Netflix. It's an it's it's an endorsement. It's not a, it's not a commercial. It's just something I enjoy, and once you see it, you'll understand perhaps why you'll sit down and watch all six seasons before seventh and final season comes out. Tony, our next guest is waiting in the wings. Brought to you in part by Fly Racing's light hydrogen line, the fruit. Uh, first truly lightweight racewear to the market and the original gear line to define the minimalist li- wow minimalist lightweight category tony you'll look for him online at flyracing.com for more details and i believe that's the gear that our next guest wears Colton really? haker who is a super enduro champion how's it going champion. how's it going guys i'm up here and uh yeah, using the light hydrogen gear. So, <laughs> what are you talking about? How does the BOA system work? What? It just It's just amazing. It seems, yeah, it seems difficult. It's, Is it difficult? It can cinch down my love handles to the point where I... <laughs> you think you're skinny. Where my butt crack doesn't come out anymore. <laughs> it used to. Now, Colton, I know you're skinny, but I'm not. So, it's just, it's fantastic. Well, if you're skinny, then it also helps because it cinches down when, you know, you're skinny and tall. Sometimes pants are... You know, nothing like, to hold them up. Yeah, I got knock them up. You ain't got enough junk in the trunk. Down. Yeah. So let's let's uh, talk about. Uh, yeah, I got. I use the bow today. Actually, sometimes sometimes I'm feeling the because uh, the the light hydrogen is like a little bit tighter uh, around my around my legs and stuff than than their other set, which I forget the name of right now. But sometimes I wear that stuff. Kinetic. I wear the other. Today, I felt like wearing light hydrogen. I think it's the kinetic is what you're talking about, right? Could be, yeah. Not sure. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He's heard the word It's before. not like you endorse the stuff. It's not a big deal. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at a picture here of you. It says 2019 FIM Super Enduro World Champion. Hmm. All right. Pretty all sweet. say about it. Let's <laughs> all talk about yeah. it. Um. How fun! How fun was the chase to the championship? Uh, it was interesting uh, year, to say the least. Um, <clears throat> to be honest, the the ending of the season uh, just didn't go as I as I would have liked, uh, especially as um, like a past champion and as just like an athlete who really tries to pride himself on like his ability to get the job done. Um, the final, the final race of the season came down, um, in super we race three races a night. Um, and each race is full points paying. So they're in a single night. You can make up 60 points. If you weren't to race and the other competitor was to race and win every race, there's 60 points up for grabs. And, uh, it was coming down between Cody Webb and myself who were, um, I believe we were like, 
maybe 12 points apart going into the night and into the final moto, um, I think we were eight points apart or nine. Can't remember. Uh, basically, I, I need to finish in fourth if Cody was to win. And I found myself in fifth place at the, uh, at the final lap. And I had made some mistakes. And honestly, I, I, I couldn't finish. I, didn't only, I only finished fourth in one out of the um, 12 motos that we had ran so far that year. So for me to finish fourth was like, didn't seem possible really. I finished top three in every moto up until that point. So to find myself in fifth was like really strange. Um, something that, you know, I just got real tight. I rode tight and uh, that was kind of odd. But uh, Cody had won the race and when I was, I, I was trying my best to get back into position to clinch the title and uh, pretty much went out in the ball of fury over the finish line, crashed, and was un- unsure really what had happened. Um, I thought I had lost the race. Um, come to find out, actually, my teammate had actually let up for me and uh, and basically played a little bit of a team team player role, and I was basically crowned champion at that point. So, you guys still there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're just enjoying wait- the story. Just waiting my turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So as a, as a, it was it was just like it was slightly bittersweet, right? Because I would like to go out there and 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 perform the way I know how to. Um, Cody did did a great race. Um, he had nothing to lose, and and he rode like it. Um, and I kind of let a little bit of the like the situation. Um, kind of get the best of me in that moto the moto before i won um when i really felt like it was on the line and then when it came down to it was weird um because because when it when it came down to the final race and having to get fourth seemed like a like a sure thing like uh like everybody would know that would pay attention to the racing that there's no way colton could finish outside of fourth. sure and when it changed from me having to to win outright, which uh, was what I had to do in the race before, um, when it changed from winning the race to getting fourth, it was like a it was like a mind deal. It was hard for me to to wrap my head around it for some reason. I think the pressure to um, to not mess up a sure thing was more in- immense than the pressure with my back against the wall and no choice but to win. Um, so yeah, I'm the 2019 FIM Super Enduro World Champion. Um, I got some help from from my teammates in the process, but obviously, a championship is comprised of multiple races over the course of well, in the course of our racing championship, it was over months. So to be in that position in the end took took a lot of racing. Um, the way it went down in the very end was not something that I'm overly enthused about but um the check cleared so i guess we're good <laughs> the check cleared is right we see that a lot in uh in uh racing you know and i and i was 
I was really interested, like this year in the Supercross, to see what Cooper Webb does because is he going to choke? Is he going to? Is the pressure going to get to him? And it's a real thing. And obviously, no, nobody on this side of the phone line has ever been in a situation like you were in just this year. You know, where you've got to finish fourth. And it's like, well, I don't go. I don't go racing to finish fourth. I go out to win. And 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 it it was uh, it it upset your, your balance, right? As a racer. And, uh, it's, it's a real thing. I mean, we see it and I'm not going to call anybody but, out, but it's, I mean, like, it happens. I would talk about, I would talk about Cincerello as an example, because more people would know about this situation. Sure, recently. Sure. So, so Adam had an amazing season, right? Um, his main competitor is in the lead. First time that he's really gotten a whole shot all year, put the pressure on Adam to finish, um, I think he needed to finish in third or fourth. Um, I can't remember exactly, but he was totally in position to make that happen. Um, was riding was riding well, but I think in a normal situation, a- Adam would would probably be pushing more on the leader than 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 rather than than barely holding on to like third or fourth. If I would, you know, guess from his previous performances throughout the year, and so. That, that kind of pressure, it happens to everybody. Everyone experiences it. Um, just how you're able to kind of make that switch in your mind, you know? I, I like to think about, like, Ricky Carmichael, you know, or James Stewart, when they had perfect seasons. I think I think uh, James talked about in, his, in the last episode that he, had, that he had released there about his retirement. He said he had to continuously think about other things than in a perfect season so he had to like challenge himself winning just winning wasn't going to be enough so he had to challenge himself like can i lap the whole field or can i win by two minutes or can i have this type of lap time yeah those are things that just kind of um keep your mind off of the situation that you're in and sure. focus on something else so it's just that that's something that would help um you know, I wasn't able to run through any of those kind of role plays or as you might call them or, or situations in my head leading up to the event. Cause you're just, you're just trying to um, figure out how the night's going to go in general. When I had three races, I went from in the first race, it could have, it could have completely changed the outcome in just the first race alone. So I had, I had 20, you know, 20 minutes between the second race and the third race to essentially figure out, how I would handle situations and um, if I could have a redo at handling situation, I, I, I'd probably take it. So, Well, you know, and, and I, I saw a video, you know, we saw, we all watched the video and when Cody lost his mind over the deal, you know, and, and uh, he thought he had won the, the title and then come to find out that, that uh, your teammate chokes up and, and there's some team tactics or whatever. And, and, Hopefully you split that big check with him, or at least give him a little, or at least the team gave him something. But uh, uh, maybe not. Um, but I think he uh, actually got free parking. So he, free like, parking yep, at yep, the uh, uh, well, the stamped, race shop. That's a big stamped, deal. Yeah, they stamped the ticket. They stamped the ticket. Yeah, nice. And yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think it's interesting. I mean, we're though t- we're talking about this a few months later. Um, I'm pretty transparent with my. I'm pretty transparent with my. So people might not understand like. Um, you're a straight I'm talker. Really transparent with the way, well, with the way I am about it, you know, it, it is what it is. 
I mean, everyone can can talk about it or, or perceive it however they want to. I I didn't say anything um, regarding the situation. I was um, kindly asked not to, um, not really talk about it. Okay, well, then we don't need to talk about it. It's all good. Right. I mean, I, it's, I, been, it's been a few months since. Yeah, we're so not I trying to stir like, the pot. No worries. But, um, but yeah, um, that's just the situation and the way, the way it went down was, uh, was interesting. I, I like to talk about that because, because, uh, I think people, um, can understand the situation and it's, you know, it's hard for, for fans looking in, you know, I think, sure. I think it's interesting to, to think about how, uh, the perspective of the racers, that's all. But, um. But yeah, what are you gonna do now? And how it went down. What are you uh, What are you up to? Yeah, did you guys happen to find out the Endurocross series? Kind of like like kind of like the AMA stopped supporting the Endurocross series, and the Endurocross series struggled with sponsorship. Ain't so, no kinda. It's done, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, so the Endurocross series found um, basically uh, had a really successful year last year. Um, there was great attendance. Um, they had their first profitable year in the last like, four or five years. Um, at the end of the year, the the owners decided to sell. I think it was Bonnier Corporation, I think, owns Endurocross, which is like a magazine and events company. Um, and they decided to sell. They sold to like a private, uh, private, private guy. And he kind 30 of, seconds. I think, lost. Yeah. He lost some uh, sponsorship, and then in the end, decided not to do the series. It's a bummer, um, man. Yeah, but I guess we're looking at maybe a replacement style series coming up called Enduro X Racing, uh, where they're going to host three rounds instead of six. But at least it's something. Uh, that's good news. Uh, Eric Pernard is heading that series, so the Perfect. And you know what? That's where we're going to end the uh, conversation with our guest, Colton Haker. We are up against the clock, heading to the top of the hour. That's a hard break for you folks out there in radio and uh, podcast land. We appreciate you listening. This has been another exciting hour of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. For Tony Wink and PJ Duran, I'm Scott Casper. Thanking Bobby Fong, Johnny Lewis, and Colton Haker. Coming up, Jeff May, Bryce Prince. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy-duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber 
passionate about motorcycles? Ever heard of the saying that you should make a career out of what you love to do? MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com is a state-of-the-art online job board built exclusively for the power sports industry. MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com connects job candidates who are passionate about the motorcycle industry with companies and dealerships that may be looking for you. Upload resumes, receive new job notifications, or just surf the site for your dream job. Turn your passion into a career at MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com. Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly for Tony Wink, PJ Duran. I'm Scott Casper. Thanking Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson and T-Boy, uh, get better soon, my friend. Jack and Leanne DeLeon producing this program on behalf of Evergreen Podcast Productions. Yeah, we're a radio show, but you can listen to us online as well. Bobby Fong, Johnny Lewis, Colton Haker, all populated hour number one. Coming up, Bryce Prince, Jeff May. I will tell you this. Last Thursday, my mother, uh, and, and Tony, you've, you've suffered through your family members uh, having bouts with cancer and actually taking the life of of uh, or lives, I should say, of your family members. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have, and and my mother was suffering from brain cancer. Her bucket list included a tattoo. She wanted to get a tattoo. I don't know why. Who really? That? Yeah, she wanted a tattoo. So hospice picked her up and took her out to Warrior uh, Tattoo out in Waukee, Iowa. How old is she? Uh, Seventy-eight. That's awesome. Okay. She get a tram stamp or what? <laughs> <laughs> well there's plenty of room to work back there but no she got it on her arm she got a calla lily which is her favorite flower and uh, no charge and a couple of the other hospice workers by the way also got the same uh, tattoo in recognition of my mother really but That's yeah neat. and it was uh on channel 13 last night on the news that's and, cool yeah and uh as much as you know i love my mom but uh she's been just a rock and if you want to see somebody fighting for their very life look at a cancer survivor like my mom and yeah. somebody that currently is suffering there's no more treatment left but um yeah i'm going to make sure she gets everything she wants for the balance of her life because you know what i would hope somebody would do the same for me i know you did for your pop your stepmom etc tony but it's it's a son of a gun cancer is not you know any fun for anybody i don't mean to start the off the hour off in a negative way because it wasn't negative it was very positive she had a ball she had a ball she didn't even know she's getting a tattoo when it was over she <laughs> toughest was, lady at hospice now <laughs> toughest lady at hospice well i don't think she has any feeling in the right side of her body but oh. the point is she was going and we're done <laughs> If I see the needle on a on a uh, a tattoo gun, I'll guarantee you I'll faint, and then you could do the tattoo. It's not but that bad. Big thanks to our friends at uh, Waukee-based uh, Warrior Tattoo out there, and the owner. He did the tattoo himself, and what a great job he did. So thank you very much, Tony. All right, uh, we had a, a nice first hour. We had Colton Haker on, who is the 
2019 uh, Maxis FIM World Super Enduro Champion. And I hadn't seen the release that there's going to be three rounds. And if it's if it's got Perinard name on it, it's going to work. He's he's the he, I believe he's one of the best promoters in the motorcycle business. He's made that series something. Yeah, he's so good. I mean, he's he's a he's the guy that had um, he does the uh, the the Bercy Supercross. He does um, the U.S. Open of Supercross. Remember that race? He's done a ton of them. He did the Hawaii Supercross that Brayton raced at the week before he came to our place or my place, and then uh, um, yeah, it's, this, it's our place. He's yeah, okay, our place. Oh, I owe you money for that, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and then um, let's see, we had oh, we had JL10 Johnny Lewis on, who's longtime fly tracker, still very very involved, and and that's pretty neat that AFT uses him as a uh, an, uh, uh, technical advisor. Yeah, an advisor. And then we had Bobby Fong on, who is currently second place in the Moto America Super Sport Series. So we had a good hour number one. If you we missed did. any part of it, you can go back and find it. PitPassMoto.com or you can uh, we have the podcast and the... Uh, Still the, on iTunes as well. Yep, all the Stitcher, good business. all the Sprecher, all that. Hour number two, we're going to have Bryce Prince on, a uh, fast road racer. And then we're going to have up next, we have the fastest mortgage banker in the world. In the world. Now, last time there was some controversy about this because uh, I think I think it was you, PJ. That, I misspoke. Yeah, I you, said the fastest in the U.S. I was corrected by one Jeff May. And it's it's a you know rated by the National Currency Exchange, so I think we know this, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want him talking about. Geoff May joins us now. Yeah, Jeff, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? We're apparently having some fun at your expense, so pardon us. There's more apparently, to come. Just sit and, back and, and listen. And your, your mothers, your uh, coworkers, they're going to a very bad place. I was listening in on that. <laughs> say, say that again? I said your coworkers there are going to a very bad place, talking about your mother and her tramps. Oh, I'm sorry. Dude. Oh, well, oh, hey, well that's, I mean, that's just Tony. Tramps. I, you I, know, I, my mom would actually find a great deal of humor in that. I'm sure she would. She's less than five foot tall. She's Italian. She's a fighter. I said she's the toughest lady at the at the hospice now. That's what I would call her from here on out. For sure. What it's, are you doing, Jeff? Hanging out talking to you guys. What are y'all doing? Well, we were wondering, what do you got? Have, have you got any more two-wheel action happening this season? Uh, we are all kind of, you wet, you wet the whistle there at Daytona. Yeah, man, I'm all in. I'm, uh, I'm racing the Moto America Stock 1000 Series. Hang on, I got a I got a call from Ameris Bank. Hang on just a second. <laughs> no, you don't. We're talking <laughs> you, to their we're talking mean, to their representative. My uh, my sponsor or my employer because they're one and the same. Yes, <laughs> one and the same, baby. And is that working out pretty well? I mean, it's it's not altogether common the arrangement you've got, um, and it's a very good one. Clearly, you're bringing value that they find worth uh, you know supporting. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's going really well actually. You know, they, they believe in me, and it's not just me; it's the all their employees. You know, whether in the triathlons or you know um, any any charitable stuff as well, and they just really get behind their employees. And pretty cool. You know, I've just I, I feel so blessed that they're they're on board and you know letting me live out a dream. Still, man, I just turned thirty nine last week, and um won the stock 1000 race i didn't think i'd ever be staying on top of a pro podium again you know i, I thought my racing days were kind of over in that sense and it's just you know something to do as a hobby but 
Yeah, you know, the support of Ameris Bank and my wife. Uh, I'm going to do the rest of the Moto America Stock 1000 series. And, you know, I was, you know, I was see, thinking about that. I, can win. I was thinking about that the other day, and, and I don't know, and I, I wasn't sure how old you are, but I is that some kind of a record? Like you're the oldest guy to win that class? or? Mm, you know, maybe. I don't know. I mean, because the class has morphed over the years. You know, it used to be 750 super stock, right. 750 super sport, and then it you know, morphed into 1,000 stock class. And pretty much during that time, you had Ben Spees, Clean House. Well, you know what? Aaron Yates might have been the oldest. I don't know. You might have to look look that up. Because hmm. Aaron was, won uh, the 2005 championship, and then he was my teammate in 08, I believe he won the championship again. Hmm. Was that on the? Was that in the uh, Jordan-Suzuki uh, days? Yeah, he, he won it on the Jordan-Suzuki days in 2008, so he could have potentially been older at that point than I, than I was this past weekend when I won. Just uh, for the record, that's what we call the good old days. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the glory days. The glow when Michael Jordan was was uh, fielding a team that was. There were a lot of really good teams. Uh, Tons of pre them. pre oh eight uh, pre oh nine really oh eight. The money was already there. Um, you know, at the time it was just normal. Uh, you know, looking back on it now, it's like wow, those were the glory days. You know, it was amazing. But at the time, we all just thought it was normal. You you think the sport will ever see that? I mean, there's there's guys, young guys in the sport that. You know, are are clawing real hard for a paycheck that that aren't that are never going to see. Maybe I'm not going to say never, but they they uh, have never seen the paychecks that some of you guys enjoyed back in those days. I don't think so. I mean, to be honest, I hate to say it. Um, I think the sport's definitely coming back. I think what Moto America is doing great. The TV coverage is amazing, but it was just a a time period where everything came together. America was selling a ton of sport bikes and yes. you know the salaries were justified i mean if you look at any other sport with baseball players basketball players but they all make it all you know it's even way more than what maladin and speeds and hacking to gates all those guys made um but it was it was on par with what was being sold and the accessories and everything along with it in the sport at that time I don't know if sport bikes will ever be that popular again. Well, Jeff, Jeff I, I think you're drawing an interesting correlation here, and it's a hot topic in sports radio these days, and that is uh, the decline in attendance at not just NASCAR. NASCAR, if you looked at uh, uh, you know some of the biggest races over the last two months, their their attendance is down as much as 50%. Major League Baseball is going through the same kind of renaissance, if you will, in a negative way. Uh, tons of seats available in the stands to watch these, you know, some would say classic matchups with some of the best teams in the country. Um, I, I, I wonder if, if our if our sport was perhaps a forerunner, if you will, of, uh, of, of and a harbinger of things to come. I, I would say so. I mean, honestly, it's the best racing I've seen in my entire career across all the classes. It's the most competitive, it's the most interesting, best stories. Um, are the paychecks there and the big fancy buses? No. But the racing at the heart of it is better than it's ever been. Um, which is where it all started. Which is where it all started. I mean, mm-hmm. that's why I'm there. I love it. Like, this, this is what I wanted to do with my life, and I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care. I mean, that was a different lifetime ago, almost. You know, when you talk about the glory days in Jordan, they said in the press conference, the last time I won a race, 
a pro race was 11 years ago. <laughs> wow. You know, wow. how fast did that go That's by? amazing. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that long, does it? No, it doesn't, man. It, it flies by. But, you know, maybe it'll change. You know, maybe, I, mean, I don't know anyone that flies drones professionally, but apparently those dudes make more money than we do. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, there's... There's video game sponsorships now for guys too, so it's yeah. So there's value somewhere. What? Maybe it's more about how people see it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe motorcycle racing will come back because it'll be extremely popular to watch on demand. Well, and oh. and it seems. Uh, I mean, looking at it, at it as a whole, what's happening right now? We have huge classes in the. Liquamali Junior Cup, you know, you've got young guys and it's arguably much more affordable racing similarly in the Twins class and the field has grown. Um you know, back in the day, that's how you you they grew racing was have a whole bunch of guys at the at the lower levels and the cream always rises and I mean you have to have a large base to have something at the top, right? You have it's to just have, makes we, sense. We, any racing organization has to recognize the value in amateur racing. Any professional Amen. series has to have the has to value the the organizations and the racetracks that are feeding these guys. And, and sure, the, none of us are going to become a Jeff May. We're, none of us are going to be that guy that 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 makes. A, a career in racing motorcycles maybe one in a million you know but you have to recognize that that's where your fan base is you there's otherwise i can watch it on tv or the internet and i don't need to go to these races and and smell the race fuel and and feel it and 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 racing is it ain't just motorcycles we beat this drum a hundred times it ain't just motorcycle racing that's dying it's racing in general and the the we have to recognize that the, the the club racing and and kids on on mini bikes and, and all that stuff has way more value than than uh, anything when it comes to fan base down the road. Would you agree or disagree, Jeff? I agree, hundred percent, man. I'm I'm a product of it. Um, I grew up at the racetrack watching my dad race cars, and it was the smell and the sound and just you know horsepower and the smell of hot rubber adrenaline man i want to i want to do that you know it was like a drug i was attracted to it but it was a positive thing you know instead of me going down the path of doing drugs and partying and doing all that i got into racing and i turned it into a career and a life yeah. um, but it still gets me you know uh you know we're all of that generation that you know you hear an engine fire up, like, you know, doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is, and, you know, anything with a loud exhaust, a V8, or a proper race engine, you're like, whoa, what's that? You, you want to see it. Um, I think we're missing that with the new generation of kids coming up. And one of the things I want to touch on that you're saying is that, okay, yeah, you see the liquid molly grid, and you see everything with Moto America is going in a very positive direction. What you're not seeing, what I still see, is that I've been going to wear races and CCS as a races for the last four or five years, I didn't stop racing. Um, I probably raced actually more that I wasn't in pro racing because it's cheap and I could go do it a lot. But those series are all struggling and it's almost like they're dying in front of our eyes. Cause you go watch one of the, uh, super, you know, like the extra lightweight class, whatever would be equivalent to the liquid Molly. And you see 
maybe three or four kids. Yeah, E super stock or a bunch of old guys. You know, that's also they who races that. They do like one ser- one year as a novice, get their feet wet, and then they, as soon as they turn 16, they go straight into Moto America. And then a lot of the older dudes or other guys, they're in the twins class. They used to race all over the country in the club races. Now they're like, man, we can be part of Moto America, and there's money involved, and it's cheap to do it. They're all flocking to that. So that's now only has two or three dudes on the grid as well in the club racing. So it's not that there's more people doing it. Moto America is just doing a better job of it. That's kind of what I'm seeing. Yeah, but that's and I would agree with you. Where are you going to pull from? You know, where is the next generation coming from? No, I would I would totally agree with you. I hadn't put uh, the two and two together there, Jeff, but you're absolutely right. Uh, as a former Wera racer and follower of the the lightweight class, that'd be the the 650s, the FCO sevens, that class. Uh, I think you're absolutely correct. Wera has has paid the paid the toll in its race uh, attendance for Moto America, and not just them. Like you said, CCS and Azra as well. Yeah, I think I think we're seeing that. I mean, maybe we're seeing um, kind of a one-stop shop for road racing in the United States. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely see it suffering at the weird level, and not a lot of guys are coming into racing. Um, I've seen a lot of guys coming back to racing, and you know, that's that's another interesting side. You see a lot of guys that left in that housing demise back in you know oh eight oh nine, and you know, they went off and found other jobs, other careers, got their life straight, and I'm seeing a lot of them come back, which is pretty cool to see guys that used to race actually coming back to the sport, getting back into it. We're which, seeing a lot of, uh, in, in off-road and motocross, we're seeing some of similar things, and I think it's because the, and we've said this a hundred times too, but the price of motorcycles is really, you know, it's, it's 10, 12 grand for a, for a competitive motocross bike that's, that's new, right. and, and uh, there's, you know, me owning a motocross facility, I can tell you that there, it, for whatever reason, it's not acceptable, as acceptable to ride an older bike in motocross than it is in off-road. And I'm talking like hair scrambles, woods racing, that kind of thing. You see a lot more of it in that. And so at my racetrack, at, at the level that we are as a, an amateur facility, um, my races that I have, you know, qualifiers for Loretta Lynn's or the Justin Brayton shootout, that kind of thing. Those do well, but the regular, you know, hey, we're having a race this weekend, local race, whatever, they struggle because people are leveraged and they have to, they're not racing every single weekend because it's too expensive. And so what you're finding is motocross facilities are shutting down and they're becoming fewer and fewer nationwide. Yep. And what you're going to see from that, it's like farmers. The bigger farmers are going to survive and they're going to get bigger and the smaller farmers are just, they don't exist anymore. And and so it's, I, I think it's very similar to that in those regards. And, and so I think that's a great observation. And so what's going to happen is, is I believe that they are the, uh, the premier motocross series whether it be MX Sports with the Loretta Lens or or any of these others, they're going to find that their attendance they're going to struggle to get their attendance to 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 continue to get their attendance because there's not these kids that are out there in the back of their truck like there used to be because they can't afford it. There's no the 18 to to 24 year old motocross racer is pretty much non-existent. Thing of the past, yeah. yeah. Unless uh, unless their folks are all of them. 
<laughs> well, that usually, yeah, it's true I'm across sorry. the it's true across the disciplines, all right. Oh, I'm seeing it. It's like the the mini bike thing is still pretty hot for the most part. The, the parents are, you know, they're they're keeping their kids racing, and then when their kid gets a little older, like, all right, kid, you're gonna have to start paying for your stuff. <laughs> then they come back to it, or it's guys like me. I'm a dinosaur. I'm 41. Yeah, I raced five cl- classes last week, 58 laps. That nobody does that, but I just want to race my dirt bike, you know, and and so. Th- that now i can afford to ride motorcycles you know and and my class is thriving the plus 40 plus 30 class plus 50 class which didn't even exist before we've created a class for it, that's doing well and and so there's this this lull in between the mini bikes and the the big bikes so we're seeing that in in off-road too and 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 off-road is they're still doing good in off-road i think for the most part like the gncc series they're still getting good turnouts but i know there's areas of this country that that uh, are exactly like the road racing that you're saying, Jeff. That it's there's uh, we're we're really lacking in numbers, and but I don't think it's unique to motorcycles. I really don't. I travel a bunch. I go racing a bunch, Jeff. And I, you know, I always being a promoter or a half-ass promoter, I should say, because I just because you own a racetrack, don't make you a promoter. But I do <laughs> like you know, and being a racer myself. I go by I go by race car tracks all the time, and and they're they're weeded up, yep. and the bleachers are sitting out. And I'm like, man, I could use those bleachers, or that would be such a cool place to hold a race. Car racing's dying too. It isn't, and I don't think I think it's a generational thing. I don't think it's, it's anything it's to do with us. Though, like I think one thing right now that's coming into a golden era, which is booming, is the IMSA guys. The, uh, the what guys? IMSA. Which used to be the American Le Mans series and oh. Grand Am. Sports cars, sure. Sports cars. Sports cars are absolutely booming. But it's what you just said. It's the forty-one-year-olds. It's thirty-five-year-olds. It's the guys with money can finally go buy that Porsche or the Corvette and go race it. Yeah, but how many people can actually afford to do that and build the the garage mahals on those race courses, like uh, uh, you know, over in, in Joliet? Uh, Joliet, Illinois, Audubon. Yeah, that's my buddy's place. I think place. there's a lot more than you. Yeah, really. Yep. No, man. Just because I, I I coached at the Porsche Experience Center for two years. When I was getting my mortgage business going, and the cars, and it blew my mind how many people have that kind of money and how many levels there are. Like if you look at the road racing side of motorcycles, you have track days. Then guys go from track days to club racing from club racing to pro racing to the world level. And if you look at road racing cars right now, they're hitting that golden era that we had in the 08, you know, 05, 06, 07, 08 with cars where there's factory drivers, they're getting paid. Yeah, yeah NASCARs, you know, they're struggling, but those that is not. And there's, there's so, I mean, the, I know a lot of my friends from the Porsche are, are coaches and, the coaches are even making a bunch of money now coaching these guys with right. nice cars. And they have track days up at Road Atlanta, another track, I mean, the Atlanta Motorsports Park. They're chock full of track days for cars, and they're full. There's so many track day organizations. So it, it's kind of weird, you know, that, that, but you feel safe in a car, right? The perception of well, being injured is you're in a cage. Smaller. You're in a cage. It's fun. It's expensive. It's exclusive. Um, there's a lot of things going for it. Jeff, do you think there's some truth have. though to to the idea that um, you know one of the, one of the reasons, and I've heard this bantered 
around on different shows besides ours uh, in terms of NASCAR, for example. Do you think that NASCAR is guilty of ignoring their base? I think they've beaten that dead horse so many different ways that it's just not even interesting anymore. That's just my personal opinion. Wow. And growing up watching NASCAR in the South and my uncle raced late models and it's, it, it, it's, they, they, they've genetically modified it, if you will, to the point where it's like, what is this? I don't even know what it is. F- follow the leader is what it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, I announced, I announced car races for a long time. And it's always the same guys, one, two, three, four. And then a guy comes in from Nebraska or Illinois and disrupts the thing. And then he leaves because he's not getting paid enough money to win the dang thing. So I think that's probably true in in motorcycle racing as well, no matter the discipline. But, Jeff, up against the clock, my brother, it's always good to talk to you. Um, I know that you still have some personal and private sponsors. Who would those guys be? Yeah, we definitely got to thank Ameris Bank for keeping me out there racing, Dunlop tires, and I think 1X suits, Arai helmets, SBS brakes, um, Evil Tech, rear sets, handlebars, and Motion Pro. What's the uh, interest rate right now, average mortgage? Man, it's been dropping. We hit 4% on a 30-year fixes national average. We, you know, you've got some guys who are a little bit less and some that are a little bit more, but it's, it's come down almost a 4%. Isn't that amazing? Over the last seven months. Are yeah. you guys happy with the state of the economy? Uh, correct uh, right now. Uh, for the real estate and the mortgage business, it's absolutely on fire right now mm-hmm. because we're in a refinance market and a purchase market, so it's um, it, it's busy. Are you refinancing it's out of state busy. as well, in or nationally, or uh, absolutely? So with Ameris Bank, I'm a national lender in okay. fifty states. Okay, and and if a guy wants to get a hold of you, how does how does he do that? Uh, one of the easiest ways is just Jeff May on my Facebook page, or um, you can reach me at jeff.may at amerisbank.com. Jeff.may at amerisbank.com. Jeff, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, it's, thing, thing about Jeff May, guys, is that he's always told it like it is. That's a great conversation to have, really, because we covered a lot of ground. And we got a bunch more racing out of him, too, so look forward to the rest of the season from you, Jeff. <laughs> oh, about that. I'm just excited. I got my credit score over 300, finally, and what? I'm, I'm going to call Jeff and see yeah, what he can do. Get you some bubble gum, buddy. <laughs> well, I think you could get refinanced at a much lower rate, but also take all of your debt and put it all into one thing and then write that, that bad boy off. How about that? Just bankruptcy? No, oh. second mortgage. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> tie, tie all the paperwork to one of them fancy bottle rockets. You and if you're really smart, I'll idea. give you I'll give you a reverse mortgage. How about that? You don't have to pay me anymore. I'll just take your property when you die. Wow. How are you feeling? <laughs> all right, stay tuned. More pit pass around the corner. We probably will not talk mortgages in our next interview. Probably. We're not sure. Jack is saying no. He's thing he's giving us thumbs down. But uh, we hope you do tune in and uh, join us as we welcome our next guest, Bryce Prince, scheduled to join us in our next segment and a little open talk as well. This portion of our program brought to you by Factory Outlet Fireworks. And Jack, if I can ask you to pause the music just for uno momento, which means apparently one minute. Uh, Tony, you're the proprietor of Factory Outlet Fireworks. How many locations this year? We got three, but my main one is in Winterset, about two miles from my motocross track. And uh, it's a great big red building. It was actually my parents. This is what's cool. It was my parents' uh, uh, 
Kawasaki Suzuki dealership in the 80s, and I bought it. The guys that my dad rented off of for all those years still own the property, and I bought it off of him cool a couple of years ago. And I mean, it's it looks like a fireworks store. It and does, doesn't it? Yes, it's big, red, and white, and it, and it uh, it's so cool. But so we've, um, you know, Iowa, as you guys know, they they legalized fireworks uh-huh. as two, so many states two, have two years ago, and uh, yeah, you could. We we uh, you could almost smoke weed before you could let off fireworks in the state of Iowa legally. But what is that? Uh, but uh, so it's legal now. I got in the very first year. It was the year we went and raced Baja. Oh yeah. Um, when we won the thirty Pro Class, the Baja five hundred. The thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, Billy Mallory, my attorney, was working on the permit while I was racing, and uh, we come back and we were approved, but we had to be in a tent. So we were in a tent for two years. Finally, we got together with the with the fire marshal, and they were were uh, nice enough to let us be indoors. So, a little less carny life for me this year. Um, but I'm, but It'll I'm be actually. Cool. Oh man, the, the, we have so much inventory, and 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 I've you know having done it for two years now. Um, Rachel's really good. She works with me there, and and Dylan, and we are. I mean, we. How are, do you establish pricing? On, I mean, let's face it. Uh, bottle rockets are one thing, but you know, some of the packages you have, like the Godfather package, right? That is, uh, at some places you see it for fourteen hundred bucks. Yeah, it's it's crazy what some of those those places charge, and I mean, they're absolutely ripping people off. Um, but uh, you know, I just I do my uh, my best to keep the prices fair, and and I remember going to Missouri all those years, oh, yeah. and that kind of. You know, I was kind of fun. It was fun. Now we go to Eagleville, and and okay. and it was fun because we'd sneak them back, and it felt like we were getting away with something. <laughs> but but um, you also had some uh, Coors beer in there as well. No, for- I was too young, and I and I didn't drink when I was wasn't old enough. But we would we would go down and, and we'd race at Lamoni, and then we'd sneak down to Eagleville on Saturday night. And we'd buy as many fireworks as we could afford to, and then we'd blow them up and. It was super illegal and it was super fun, but it's still fun now. I mean, and and now it's I kind of know what I'm talking about when I talk about fireworks. So people come in and and the the, the fun thing for me is they is the, you know they're like, hey, this is what we want to do. This is kind of what our budget is, and of course I always want to go past the budget. Sure. But I throw in so much stuff for people. I don't like the dis- freebies. I don't like discounting. I like adding to their show because. Which is the same thing, but they they give me a budget. We go pick out, and then I'm like, "Well, you got to have one of these." There's been many times, yep. many times in the in the last two years where I just am clicking with a guy. I'm having fun or whatever. I end up making no money on the sale, and we end, when it's like we sell a ton of stuff. But you've had a ball. But we had so much fun. Yeah, here's the thing I've noticed too. I, and I watched a guy come in with a pickup truck. Okay, and he said, "I need you to load this thing up. I don't care about the cost." Well, you cared about the cost. You kept his budget, whether he said it or not, within fifteen to twenty percent. And now that's respectable because you got an operation to run as well, and you got to make some money as well. But you gave him a great experience, and and that kind of shopping experience, you don't see those guys come in every day, but when they do. It's a real treat because you're helping them live out their childhood fantasies as well, right? It's pretty fun, man. There's, there's the, yeah, there's a lot of those situations and there's, you know, I get these, these old guys that come in and they come in like mid morning and which is perfect because we're not busy usually. Cup of coffee. Yeah, they come in, they got coffee and they're like, <laughs> they want the thing that spins on a nail. And I'm like, I got that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a wailing wheel. Come over here. And 
man, this is it. And I said, yep, I know. I, I played with those things too when I was a kid. So yeah, there's, it's, it's pretty fun. I mean, what, it, what's that movie? Joe dirt. You remember? Uh, Joe oh dirt? yeah. What, yeah, what yeah. are the uh, fireworks? I, it was on last night. Good actually. stuff. <laughs> Nothing what, but the good stuff. What is he, what is, what were his fireworks of choice? Sparkles and Spakes. And nothing but the good stuff was he, the name of the joint, I thought. Not, yeah, the good stuff. And it was, it was, uh, he was an Indian tracker, but the tracking money was too slow. So he, <laughs> he had to open up this fireworks store. And so Joe Dirt says, I'm not going to do it because I don't know it all. But it's everybody's thinking the same thing. It's a pretty funny movie. It is a funny movie. But I um, want to encourage you folks don't settle for something just because it's close to you. Take a drive down to Winterset, Iowa, the home and the birthplace of John Wayne, and uh, check out one of Tony's locations. Uh, You've known him for years on this program. I've known him even longer. Factory Outlet Fireworks, that's where you're going to buy them this year. Buy all you can, and then use them responsibly. Don't annoy your neighbors. Use them when it's it's illegal, when it's legal, and uh, do it the correct way. But have some fun, okay? We're going to do a big sale on the 20th of June. June twenty. It's a Thursday night. It's going to be about a three-hour sale. Uh, Up and Smoke Barbecue is going to be there. The best food truck you ever been to. I promise you. And we're going to have a a, a really really deep sale. And I mean like everything than, must go more than so. half off type situation. We're going to blow out some fireworks that night. Your competition must love you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, they don't. What is his name? Jake or something like that? Something like that. Poor something, guy. Yeah. Well, you know what they say, a bad investment on any day is still a bad investment. All right, stay tuned. When we come back, we have another guest waiting in the wings, Bryce Prince. Uh, You're listening to America's Butter Racing Talk Show, PJ Duran, Tony Wink, yours truly, Scott Casper. We appreciate you listening each and every week, and thank you so much for giving us that honor. We do appreciate you. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this short timeout. Hey, this is Jeff Aaron, 10-time trials champion, Cross racer. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. 
It's a fact. The best you've ridden is the best you know. Until you've ridden Racetech suspension, you haven't experienced the best suspension possible. Racetech is the science of suspension for ATV and UTVs, motocross, freestyle, and stunning, off-road, supermoto, road race, sport bikes, cruisers, touring, and vintage bikes, as well as adventure riding. With gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our G3S Custom Series shocks, you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage. And it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, I'm Stuart Baylor. I'm a bad dude in the woods, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Uh, one of my favorite songs, Jack. Thank you very much. As always, quality production with uh, Jack DeLeon Production Extraordinaire. And, of course, Leanne only makes it better. So we appreciate that, our online version and our uh, radio version, of course, by the DeLeon family. We appreciate that. If you want uh, great construction advice, want to remodel or a new home build, jackdeleon.com. That's easy enough. to Jack, what is it? 321-JACK? 321-JACK. It's easy enough to get to. All right, uh, Aaron Plessinger might be the happiest man in racing, or so says our, our good friends at Racer X. The Monster Energy Yamaha factory racing rider is almost always laughing and smiling, making him well-equipped to deal with the ups and downs of a rookie 450 Supercross season. He got a real test at Daytona, if you recall, when he crashed hard and broke his heel. And the long recovery process started driving him crazy. If you'd like to know more, check out Racer X Online. Uh, the complete story is there, including, you know, where's he located? What's the time commitment? And when when do you come back? Are you at Justin Barsha's place? So a lot of questions are answered, but uh, we want to see Aaron back on the track and racing 
in due time. All right. Welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Tony Wink, PJ Duran, as we make our way to the top of the hour. About 19 minutes in front of. Uh, Tony, you want to introduce our next guest, please? You bet. We're going to talk to another road racer in the Moto America Supersport Championship Series. He's had three top five finishes this year. Bryce Prince joins us again. Bryce, welcome back to Pit Pass. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Are you excited to be back on the show? We are. We're oh, excited. Yeah, always. What do you know about fireworks? Uh, I don't know. Those, those aren't really too keen here in California. <laughs> no. no, you guys have a fire problem out there. Fireworks are probably uh, only shot over the ocean, right? Yeah, pretty much. And then we have the, the little tiny ones that, you know, might shoot like two feet in the air. Oh, that that high, huh? And yeah, those and, are whisker dues. Whisker, are you? Uh, yeah. Are you in a? Not, not whisker dough. Right. What, what, <laughs> what part of uh, California are you in? Uh, I'm in Bakersfield, Bakersfield, about 100 miles north of downtown LA. And and what are you seeing as far as uh, the folks that are crossing the border? Are you getting a lot of influx of folks? Uh, we oh yeah, we have we have all kinds of well, our town is very very huge in agriculture and that's what it, it was uh, the oil in the industry so we get all kinds of all kinds of people from all over here actually much like fresno and that valley up there right yeah yeah we're yeah we're basically 100 miles south of fresno and do you find those folks are racing enthusiasts that are coming in or have they not achieved that financial uh status yet where they can attend races and and be fans as they'd like to be you know, I couldn't really say because most of the racing we do is either up north towards the Bay Area or down south towards L.A. So oh. I couldn't really say that our demographic is what they're doing for those rounds or not. Bryce, you're riding on the, the Tuned Industries R6. Where's your team based out of? Is it in uh, Central SoCal as well? Yep, yeah. yeah the, team, the team's here out of Bakersfield. Uh, that's where the, the shop is, where all the... Um, the our semis there and all that stuff. So, now Buck Owens was from Bakersfield. Does he still? <laughs> Come on, dude. Does, does he still uh, reside on. there? Huh? Buck Owens? No, don't even know who Buck Owens is. He's a no, young racer. Of course, I know who Buck. Of course, I know who Buck Owens is. Okay. We have a whole a whole memorial thing about that. Him and uh, Merle Haggard. Sure, old hag. Yep. How's your season been going, Bryce? I mean, you looked really, really strong uh, at the most recent event, and there's plenty of racing ahead of you. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, we've struggled a little bit with qualifying the last time at Road America, but brought home another top five there. We've been top five consistently every weekend, so I'd say it's a huge plus for us. We've just been kind of missing that tiny bit that I think we really found in race two. Um, just with the poor qualifying, it made it tough. And, you know, fought my way from down in 11th all the way up to 5th at Road America. And I think uh, going to Utah this weekend, we should uh, be be right back up front where we belong. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We've had a – it's been a very – the class is very, very, very challenging this year. You know, Josh Hayes coming back in. We have some rookies from overseas that are running in our class as well. So, um, you know, our, our pace is higher than it ever has been and the top 10 guys are all doing times that would have won last year. So it's, it's good. I'd say the sport from that standpoint is growing and becoming better. So can't complain about that. And how's your team finding or feeling about uh, what Moto America is doing with the series? Uh, clearly the, the big news this year and the, 
the best news for all teams was the very significant TV package that's that's happened. Yeah, no, it's definitely very good. I have a lot more friends that can get involved between watching the Superbike stuff on TV, and then the big thing for us is having all the live streaming, watching all the qualifying practices, the races on Saturday and Sunday. So that really, you know, that really allows I have a lot of family that, you know, have purchased that package, the Moto America Live Plus package, and it really, really helps a lot from getting viewership. And I, a lot of our sponsors are very happy with that as well because it's a, that's a really, the online stuff still a really good media outlet. We've been talking about that a little bit on the show, Bryce, about, and, and we talked to, uh, you know, a representative from uh, John Yurt from, from Rain America, I mean, Road America. Um, which you actually had decent weather this year, um, but uh, the the online presence, it uh, you know, it's like, do we does it is it, at some point is it hindering keeping people from going racing because they can just see you know like I, I'll I'll be honest I'll I'll go to a Supercross, well Supercross is a bad example, but you go to a race and you're like you can see it better on TV than you can when you're there live and I'll, I'll go to a race and for work and for Wiseco piston and I'll, and I'll do my thing or whatever. And then I'll leave and watch it on TV. I've done it, especially at like Daytona, you know, you go across street to wing street or whatever it's called there. And from this, from the speedway and it's way better to watch. And so that being said, if, if, if I'm doing that, I got to believe there's a lot of people that are just like, eh, we're, we're huge fans, but we don't have to go hit that one race at road America or at, barber or wherever it is because we can we can get it on tv or our or our device our phone you think what do you think yeah, about that no i 100 percent agree um right now for I, I i can't argue that at all but right now the thing for us was we didn't even have the avenue for them to watch it even if they didn't want to come Gotcha. So, and building building a know, fan that's, that's at home, a building exactly. a fan at home, hopefully builds a fan that comes to the race. I mean, that's the whiz. Exactly. That, that's the thought process. I think. Well, I don't yeah. know. I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm just I'm just asking what uh, Bryce Prince thought of that. Yeah. No. No. I I 100% agree with you for sure. We no matter what we need to get more people involved in the industry and the, you know having more outlets for people to cut. I'm you know it's. The, we need to get people interested in the sport. So if if we cannot bring them to the track, we need to bring our racing to their home. And the racing's so good, so good. Yeah, you yeah. guys were. I mean, your your class at Road America this year, race one and two, uh, despite weather, you know, anomalies, um, just battles to the line. It doesn't get any better. Oh yeah. And well back in the field, right? I mean, it was sure there was the three guys at the front, but there were battles at every position through the top ten, it looked like, to the line. Yep, yeah, there's tip, there was, I mean, at Road America, it spread out a little bit more, but uh, like the first two rounds at Road Atlanta and VIR, I mean, it was like an eight-way battle for the lead. So it, it's it's been super competitive with the series, and uh, definitely very fortunate to be racing against the class of people we are right now. It's really, I think, elevated up. The Americans as racers, which is really good, you know, trying to get them to step up and be more competitive on a world level. For sure, and that's what I was just going to say that the the having a super competitive, you know, class or whatever series, it uh, develops every it raises the bar for everybody, and and makes everybody a better racer if they're running 
you know, in the top five, ten even, um, it makes everybody a better racer so that they can go and make a career outside of the United States. And and uh, you, you definitely have some deep talent in that class, I think. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I like to think that's still too. <laughs> Bryce, um, you, correct me if I'm wrong, you have a background in dirt track racing as well, don't you? Uh, no, I don't, actually. You don't? You're like the only guy nope. from uh, California who doesn't. Uh, that's yeah, that's not, surprising not to me. I've, I've done dirt track, but not like on a professional level or anything like that. More so just for fun. Training and You're whatnot. You're no good at it, huh? Yep. I, honestly, I couldn't even tell you if I was or not. I've never really done it <laughs> on a competitive level. I'm you kidding. Know, with my buddies. So, so. I'm sure I but, couldn't... Uh, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I was teasing. I'm sure you're you're just fine at it. Um, how much riding do you do other than racing? Uh, to be honest, not a lot, man. I I unfortunately have a day job that I work at. So uh, a what? I, I, I can only I, exactly. So I can only I can only do so much between working and training, and that doesn't leave much time left. Do, do you sell fireworks? No, no. I do. That's uh, that's not the job to be in in California. No. What are you doing? Yeah. I uh, I manage a parts department at a Yamaha dealership. 10-4. Nice. You're the parts guy. I may, I'm the service manager at a multi-line, Yamaha being one of them, dealer here in uh And a Iowa. fine job you do, my friend. A- and I try, but it's it's a real job, no doubt about it. Uh, how, oh, yeah. It uh, keeps you jumping, I'm sure, because you're supplying your uh, parts, your service department as well as your parts counter. Yep, yeah, that's exactly it. It, it stays busy for sure. But uh, I, I ran a, I actually helped run Tuned Industries pretty much for the past five, six years now, and now I jumped over to do this. Oh, so Tony's pretty much a, uh, for me. Yeah, Tony, you pretty much uh, ran Wiseco for the last uh, seven, eight years. Um, so you know what he's talking about, I, right? You know, there's probably like. Like my boss and a few other people would probably disagree with that, that I don't run Wiseco. <laughs> <laughs> I do work for Wiseco. You guys selling any? Uh, Bryce, did you know the product offering, the depth of product product offering that Pro X has? Amazing. With the brake pads and the the, the air filters and the and the the cables and the bearings and the top end kits and the clutches and the all of the things that. And and it's owned by the same company as Wiseco. Did you know that? No. Who is that? Who's who's ProX or no, who's Wiseco? Uh, no, I know who I know who they both are. Uh, the company's called Race Winning Brands. It's not. Uh, it's basically a holding company, but they're actually really, uh, really uh, in tune with racing, and and it's the same company that owns JE Pistons and Recluse Clutches now. And oh, okay. uh, yeah, and it's it's actually a really good group of people to work. with four and uh good product as as you know i mean there's yeah definitely yeah so so at and the they shop, stand behind their product too by the way how how much off-road do you have at your shop i mean as far as where's your shop located in big where'd you say Bakersfield? Bakersfield yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're predominantly off-road uh we're, we're uh we're a polaris ktm and yamaha dealer so we do all the ktm dirt bikes a lot tons of razors and mm-hmm. all that stuff so that's like our big market very much the same product mix I have. Right. I have a strong feeling, yeah. and I own some side by sides, but I use them at my track. You know, I use them for for around the farm and that kind of thing. But I I, I strongly discourage people from buying their kid a side by side versus a motorcycle because 
you can drive a car your whole life and that's what it is essentially and and the, the would you agree that the the uh the side by side is hurting the motorcycle industry uh oh 100 percent. yeah the side by side market is for sure i would have to argue say the biggest tower sports market right now honestly it and so I think Tony, your point being, no, they're no, stealing I know their, you're the, killing it. The, it's it's stealing potential two wheel customers is what you're saying, right? Yeah, for oh, sure. yeah. But I'm, it also props up the dealership network because without those things, every dealer across the country would be struggling. I get that, but what oh, I'm saying 100%. is, they're not going to sell motorcycles in 20 years if the dad is 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 putting the kid in the back of the of the the razor yeah absolutely and the the kid's not engaged he's even on his phone while they're riding and and they're not and they're not they're not it's not the same thing that was my point totally totally and i totally agree with you i think uh, bryce was agreeing as well just i was trying to delineate the the point there and yeah it's not the same experience you're right it's just prepping a kid to be a car driver yeah. That's it. I mean, but but in that, what a dad does, he buys something that he thinks his kid thinks is cool, right? And it's just a small car. That's basically what it is. And uh, instead of giving him something more challenging that it can excel at, uh, two wheels of any kind, I think is 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 what we all love. That's why we do this show. I um, think my dad would spank me if I. I got in big trouble for stealing the I car. Would have liked to I see remember your, that. I, I stole the car I and I got in trouble for it. I would have liked to have seen your dad spank you for any reason, Tony, but obviously we didn't get it done. So I got the, uh, the I belt, kept asking. I got the belt one time. One time. Yeah, and I needed it. Bryce, have you ever been in a race where they actually used a uh, or where they used a uh, actual firearm to start the race? I'm talking about a large caliber weapon to start the race. Are you talking about like? I mean, I've been to like sports events that do that. Starter pistol. Well, no, I'm not talking about starter pistols. I I was down watching uh, uh, Tony's. Well, Tony, what race was that at your dad's place? Oh, it, it was a hair so scramble. Cool. Hair the, scramble. Yeah. And his dad came out, and I and was it a 44 or what was that he came out with? I don't know. It, it was a like, monster gun. It looked like a cartoon. It was like it was like the <laughs> the longest barrel handgun 40. Yosemite Sam. Dude, it was like. <laughs> It was. It was so. You seen the movie Batman, the yeah. the, the old one with, with uh, whatever. When the Joker pulls it out, and it's like the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> That's what it looked like. And when when it went off, I dude, I'm, I'm I swear to God, you could not have had too many helmets on your head because you heard it. And most of us lost some hearing issues or had some hearing issues after that. But it went boom, and everybody took off, and I think it was out of fear more than anything. <laughs> but your, your dad looked so pleased that he was able to contribute to the race weekend. Do you ride any off-road, Bryce? Uh, just for fun. You know, dirt bike and flat track stuff like that, but nothing. We have. We actually are really, really known around here for having a ton of off-road riding. We yeah. Yeah. and canyons and mountains that we can go ride in. Is that where all the vineyards are that the cool videos get made at? No, that'd be over towards the coast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you're really yeah, good at off road too. <laughs> really good. Um, I, I can I can get around. <laughs> I would I would not put any money against you, my friend. Who are you doing your training with? I mean, do you have any other pro riders, or is it just buddies of yours from the area? Uh, it is just me. I'm wow. a lone wolf in that aspect. Oh. And you do, uh, I bet, a bunch of bicycle riding. You said you don't get to do much uh, 
riding outside of racing because of your work? Do you do a bunch of bicycle training in the mountains there? Uh, a little bit here and there. Um, I, I, the, like I said, the problem for me is time. How far away are but you from I, the mountains? It's a lot of time. Uh, 20 minutes. Well, that's maybe. not bad at all. Tony can yeah, come out I, live I'm in a van. The, I'm on the far. I'm on the far. Most, like a lot of the people on what we consider the east side of town will just ride their bike from their house out to the mountains. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. And you don't get stopped by law enforcement or anything? Uh, some people have, but mm-hmm. most of the time they hop on back roads and stuff like that. All right. Yeah. Uh, sponsorship role, dude. Who you got? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a couple key people, obviously, the whole tuned racing team, and we're supported by the Yamaha Champions Riding School, and which is a, a big group up in the in the Northeast at New Jersey, and they do a lot of stuff <laughs> uh, in Arizona. And uh, definitely got to thank Yamaha for helping us out. They're huge supporters of us this year. And then uh, the Apex Assassins Track Days, which is actually a new track day organization to the area, and they're out of Las Vegas. So those are the the key players that have been big supporters of making 2019 happen for me. Well, we'll give them some support and some love, brother. It's always good to talk to you, Bryce. Thanks for jumping on with us. Thank you, guys. God bless Bryce Prince. Yeah, he's uh, sponsored by Tuned Racing aboard a Tuned Industries Yamaha YZF-R6. Um, speaking of Yamaha, you know, one of our great sponsors long-term has uh, been Bart Hicklin and company. Hicklin, uh, powersports.com. Look for him online. Um, the, Bright, oh, excuse me, not Bryce, but Bart is never really happy uh, with the layout of a store. Uh, he's always looking for ways to improve the consumer experience. And every day and every time I come in, I wanted to come in on Monday, but obviously you're closed on Monday, right? But I want, I really wanted to come in and see all the new stuff. I really did. I wanted to see the barbershop and all that. But what can people expect when they come to Hicklin Power Sports? Because you guys are pumping bikes out the door. Absolutely. And uh, we've got a little bit of everything. Um, we've This year, things that have become new um, – we now, it seems, have a very decked out side-by-side unit with the craziest stereo and lights that you'll ever see. We, Whenever one sells, we build another one even bigger and badder. That's kind of a cool thing to You're see. You're having fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. Parts counter, well-staffed, of course. Service counter, you direct the traffic there, my friend. You do a great job. Highly respected is our friend PJ Durant. PJ, it's always good to have you in the studio. I'm so glad you came in this week. Me too. Glad to be here with both you guys. We missed you. Road America was uh, much richer for your attendance. Tony, good program this week, and thanks for talking a little fireworks for me. It's that time of year. Yeah, I'm excited. Everybody wants to uh, come down and see me. I'm in Winterset on the four corners of Highway 169 and 92 in the great big red and white building that says Black Cat Fireworks. I just drive until I see the building, then I stop. Bobby Fong, Johnny Lewis, Colton Haker, Jeff May, Bryce Prince have been our guests. We thank each and every one of you for listening. This has been another great edition of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit MFM.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.